listening to this sermon from Garden City Methodist Church. We want to invite you to worship with us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., either in person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Varnado Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at GardenCityUMC.com. When I was a kid, I was a real rule follower. I had followed every single rule. I had this anxiety about what would happen if I broke the rules and got caught. Um, now, later in life, that kind of faded away. Especially in high school, I kind of stopped being quite as much of a follower. But in elementary school, I was a real rule follower. I remember this one time in fourth grade, we had two teachers, right? And, and um, kind of trying to prepare us for middle school, rather than making the classes swap rooms, the teachers would swap rooms, right? So I was in Miss Lucky's class. But once a day, Miss Sliger would come into our tech class and teach us science. So I remember one time I was sitting there in my room, and uh, and Miss Sliger was in there teaching science. And I don't remember what happened exactly. I, I think maybe she walked out of the room for a second and told us all to be quiet. And of course, as soon as she did that, everybody started talking and carrying on, but not me, because I'm Mr. Rule Follower. So I sat there quietly, afraid to break the rules. And every, everybody else is carrying her on talking. And Miss Slider gets back and she was mad. And she saw that I was the only kid following the rules when everyone else was talking. So she decided to make an example out of me. Now I don't know if you remember elementary school or not, but the worst thing, the, the only thing worse than being the only kid in your class that's following the rules when everybody else is carrying on, is being called out for it. <laughs> so she said, Matthew, I didn't go by Matt then, I only went by Matthew. She said, Matthew, I want you to go into my classroom, into my candy jar, and get you a piece of candy for being the only one. And I was like, no thanks! <laughs> I don't want to do it! Because, <laughs> I mean, I felt like I would be punished. <clears throat> she said, no, you, I'm... You were the only one. You go do it. So not only did I have to get singled out in my classroom for being the only one that followed the rules, I had to go into the other classroom full of a bunch of other kids <coughs> that all turned around as soon as the door opened and looked at me. When I walked over to the candy jar, got a piece of candy out, and walked back. It was miserable. <laughs> like I was getting punished for following the rules. But the thing is, when you are a rule-following kid, you just don't want anybody to get mad at you. I just had this, this fear of authority that I did not want to end up on the wrong side of the rules. So even though I didn't want to go, I even followed that rule, <laughs> what my teacher told me to do. I should have just told her that I talked earlier. <coughs> <coughs> But if you stay out of trouble, it means you're good, right? If you can be a good rule follower, then that means that you can, then you're all right, then you're a good person. You can generally count on the fact that if you're following all the rules, then you're doing the right thing, right? <laughs> it feels like when you're a rule follower, 
You'll always be sure that you are doing the right thing. But the only problem with that idea is that Jesus didn't seem to have it. We're about to get into a scripture today where, where Jesus just kind of breaks the rules. If rule following was the path to holiness, then Jesus got into an awful lot of trouble for the incarnation of holy God in the flesh. If rule following was the path to holy living, then why did Jesus get in so much trouble? That's what we're going to think about today. So we are in Luke chapter 13, starting at verse 10. Now he, being Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indigent, because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, but not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And not, not this woman, the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all of his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at the wonderful things he was doing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Thanks be now, I, I, I hate to admit it, because I, I don't like to admit stuff like this. But I kind of think that the horrible hypocrite religious leaders that Jesus was dogging on in this chapter, I kind of think they had a point. Right? Why couldn't Jesus have waited all day to heal this lady? So that he could have been following the rules. He set a terrible precedent. Now people are going to be getting up out of bed and hobbling their way with their broken bodies to the temple on the Sabbath day to try to get a healing. They're going to do all this work to try to get healed from Jesus because now they know that Jesus might show up and heal them on the Sabbath day. He could have followed the Sabbath rules to the letter and just said, all right, lady, I know that you're, you know, you're crippled. I know that you're just under demonic oppression, but come back tomorrow and I'll heal you then. She's been this way for 18 years. She can't wait one more day to be healed. It wouldn't have hurt her that much to have come back the next day. It, would, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal for her. It would have made made life a heck of a lot easier for Jesus. He wouldn't have had these religious leaders breathing down his neck if he could have just demonstrated to them that he was willing to play ball and play by the rules that they had in place for their Sabbath. He would have, he would have greased the wheels of his whole ministry if he could have just gotten along with these guys a little better, played a little bit nicer, gone by the rules that they'd set up a little bit better. And then we would have had an example of a savior who was a perfect rule follower, who didn't have to uh, 
go against the grain any time. Who would have worked within those rules to do it? So why did Jesus do it? Why did Jesus heal this woman on the Sabbath day when he knew they were going to jump down his neck for it? When they knew that they were going to call it as being against the rules? What was it about this woman's sickness that Jesus just couldn't have waited to heal? Why did he have to go and get himself in trouble by breaking the Sabbath rules in order to heal this woman? Was it so he could make a point to the religious leaders? So he could dunk on them real good and get the crowd in his favor? Was this a, was this a populist move for Jesus? Was he making a power play, trying to get these people to follow him instead of the religious leaders so that he could, he could grab onto some more people? Was he just trying to show off his power? Was he trying to tear down the system? and change the Sabbath rules in general just because he didn't like the rules? I don't, I don't think any of that was it. I'm pretty sure that the big reason that Jesus broke the rules to heal this woman on the Sabbath day is because he just wanted her to be free. He wanted her to experience the freedom of a healed body in a healed spirit. He loved this woman enough to want to heal her regardless of what the rules said. I just think that her freedom was more important to Jesus than the human rules that the Pharisees put together. So he puts them on blast. He said, you help, you help out your animals every week. Just because it's the Sabbath day doesn't mean your animals don't need food and water. So you get up and you do that little amount of work that it takes to lead your ox to the water and so that he can drink so he doesn't die on the Sabbath day. And if you're willing to do that for an animal, why are you giving me trouble for healing this woman who was a daughter of Abraham? But we know. These religious leaders weren't that worried about the actual Sabbath day. They weren't worried about whether or not Jesus was benefiting from the rest of Sabbath. They weren't worried about whether the woman was benefiting from the rest of Sabbath. Because for them, the rules weren't about the Sabbath. The rules were about the rules. The rules were about their identity being tied up and being good rule followers. They're like little fourth grade mats wandering around saying, I have to follow these rules or else I'm not a good Jew. I have to make sure I don't step out of line for one second. Otherwise, I'm, I'm not a good religious leader. Their idea of holiness was all tied up in their ability to follow the rules precisely. So much so that they made rules outside the rules so that they wouldn't have to break even the outside rules to get to the inside rules. So if the rule was you shall not work on the Sabbath, they said, okay, well, I'm going to make it so I don't tie my shoes on the Sabbath. That way, if I'm making sure I don't do it, there's no law in the Bible that says you can't tie your shoe on the Sabbath. But they were making rules to protect the rules. Holiness 
is not about rule following. It's just not. Jesus' idea of holiness was a life that frees people from the oppression of Satan. Jesus' idea of holiness was living in freedom himself and helping other people to be free. That was it. And so a lot of times, Sabbath, we, we just preached about this a few weeks ago. Sabbath is the path to that freedom. In a world where we are, are tied down by work, where we're overwhelmed and burned out by work, Sabbath can be the path to the freedom. But restrictive rules about Sabbath that hinder freedom, well, they can take a hike. Because it is not about the rule following. It is about the freedom that Sabbath brings when we follow the Sabbath. Because Jesus didn't really work on the Sabbath. It's not like he did a ton of work to heal this woman. He spoke a word and he laid a hand on her. That's not work by anybody's definition. And she ended up turning around and worshiping God at the temple, which is what, you know, you're supposed to do with your Sabbath days. So the, the spirit of the law was absolutely followed by Jesus, even if he broke the letter of the law. So the thing about us is that it's easy for Jesus to do this. It's easy for Jesus to look at these rules and look at people's freedom and say, of course, I value freedom over the rules. Jesus is perfect. He's God incarnate. He knows when it's okay to break the rules and when it's not. How am I, on the other hand, supposed to know when someone really needs freedom versus when they should just be following the rules? How am I supposed to know when I should have freedom versus my following the rules? Because it's hard to discern. Right? Sometimes I feel like I ought to be free to do whatever I want. But I'm not. We can't be free to break any rule just because we say we want to have freedom. Right? We can't be free to break drunk driving rules just because we want to go driving drunk. Well, I want to be free to drink whenever I want, even if I drive. And Jesus cares about my freedom more than he cares about the rules. Of course, that's silly. Those rules are in place so that everybody has the freedom to use the roads without drunk drivers going out and killing you. Those are the reason that those rules exist. So, so there's kind of these, of course, there's these two extremes that have developed in, in this idea of rules. There's some people that say, I want freedom to do whatever I want, no rules at all. And of course, those people are wrong. The rules are good. We should be following the rules. And there's some people that say, well, we should always just follow rules all the time. And then if someone is not free but as a result of it, well, that's just something they're going to have to deal with because we need the rules in place. And of course, Jesus has this way of discernment, of saying freedom matters and rules matter. And how can we live in a, in a way where we are following the rules respectfully and yet also living into other people's freedom and living into our own freedom? And like, it's so easy to do in retrospect, right? It's so easy to see in retrospect the ways that people messed this up or got it right. 
You know, Jesus' followers, when he was on the way to the cross, after he'd been persecuted and tried, didn't break the rules to follow Jesus. Those guards say, stay put where you are. And of course, Peter denied Jesus three times. It's easy in retrospect to say, well, if I was one of those followers, I would have been with Jesus all the way. Okay, sure, maybe. But I also might not have been. Because I would have been scared of the Roman centurion who would have put me in chains for breaking the rules too. Right? I, it's easy to see in retrospect when you should follow the rules versus when you should break the rules for other people's freedom. But in the moment, it's hard to discern. Think about when people were protesting for civil rights in the 60s. It's easy for me to look back and say, I would have been one of the good preachers that preached freedom for people, that was all right with civil disobedience and would have been stand side by side with my black brothers and sisters. It's easy for me to say that in retrospect, but in the moment, would I have done it? Would I have been willing to go against the rules of the land in order for the freedom of my brothers and sisters? I don't know. I don't know. It's easy to say that we know when the unjust laws ought to be broken in order for people to have freedom, but it's a lot harder in the moment to discern what you're doing. And this has happened over and over throughout history. Good people fail to stand up because they don't want to get outside these restrictive rules that they have, whether the rules are good or not. And then some people want to just do whatever they want to without following any rules, and that's not okay either. So how do we discern? We're not Jesus. We can't discern these things that easily. How do we discern which rules to break and which rules to follow when people need to be free or when people need to submit? Well, we've got two excellent resources to help us discern. We've got the Word of God, both the written Word of God and the living Word of God. And those are terrific resources for us to lean upon as we discern these difficult things. And we've got the Holy Spirit living inside us, whispering to us, telling us, teaching us, guiding us. And through the witness of the Word, through the witness of the Holy Spirit, we can begin to discern when people need freedom from the rules and when people need to submit to the rules, just like Jesus did. So here's the good news of the gospel for us this morning. Jesus cares about it all more than we do. Right? Jesus cares about freedom from evil and from Satan more than we do, more than we can ever begin to. Jesus cares about just societies and rules that make sense and matter and structures of the world more than we do. He cares about it all more than we do. If you're feeling oppression, if you're feeling like you are, are just struggling with some kind of physical or spiritual oppression in your life that you just can't get free from, Jesus cares about that more than you care about it. And he will transcend any barrier to get you free. He will. And if you're struggling with, with what you should do, what happens when, when, if you're scared to stand up for someone else, 
because you're scared what happens when you set outside those boundaries that you put for yourself. Jesus cares more about that than you do too. He cares about all of it more than we do. And he is giving us grace as we go along, grace as we mess up, grace as we transcend rules we shouldn't have broken, grace when we stay silent when we should have spoken out, grace when we get scared, and grace when we take too much of a chance. There's grace in all of it. Because Jesus cares more about your freedom than you do. And Jesus cares about more about your neighbor's freedom than you do. So I guess our question for today is this. Is there something that you need to get free from? If there is, then there's nothing that Jesus won't do for your freedom. Today, if you need to be free, come to the altar and get free. The second question is, have you been stymied? Have you been scared to speak up for the freedom of someone else because of the rules that have been put in place? Unjustly. Is there some... Is there somebody that you see struggling to be free that you have been struggling to stick your neck out for because you're worried about what might happen? If so, today is the day to get freedom from that too. To have courage to speak out. Because Jesus cares about it more than you do. He cared about this woman more than she cared about herself. He cared about the hypocrite more than the hypocrite cared about himself. He didn't want that hypocrite to be tied up by all these ridiculous rules. He wanted that guy to live free too, and he tried to help him see it. <coughs> he cares about it more than we do. <coughs> Let's go to God and pray. Jesus, today we struggle because there are ways in which we just haven't been living free. We've been scared to step over lines, we've been scared to get out the boxes that we put ourselves in. We just haven't been living free for you. God, and you don't give us freedom to sin, you give us freedom from sin. So God, I pray that you will give us wisdom to discern the difference. Give us grace when we fail to do so. And give us freedom that we might live for you more freely. We pray against whatever Satan's got going on. That you might give us clarity. You might give us grace. In your name I pray. Amen.